Welcome to the I Am Adamant podcast, where we are wanting to find truth in this universe of opinions. I am Lisa Bevere, and I am super excited because I have my sister from another mister, Christine Kane. She's Greek who wants to be Italian with me today. And <laughs> I know, I know, I know she, she, she's going to contend that as soon as she has an opportunity. But uh, Christine and I have been friends since, gosh, I want to say 2005. And I don't know anybody else that is more passionate for souls and passionate for truth and passionate for the Word of God. But I've got a little bit of a bio with Christine. Uh, She does more in one day than I do in a month. She is the founder of A21, which is, am I saying this right, Christine? Is it the largest international anti-human traffic organization who is now in 12 nations? I think it might be one of, and I don't know for sure, but I do know that we're in 13 countries. We opened Spain two days ago, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to just say you're the biggest. Okay, 13 (laughs) countries. It could be wrong. It could be wrong. She's also had propel, which is something I get to be the part of. And, and I can't even like, I can't even tell you what is happening in those meetings, the activation, the permission, the power of God, the presence of God, the words of knowledge, and really what happens where these women gather together. And so propel is an organization dedicated to helping women realize their purpose, passion, and potential. She's an author of seven books and really soon, Unexpected, Leave Fear Behind, Move Forward in Faith, and Embrace the Adventure is coming out. Now, and I'm really excited about this book. She's talked about Unshaken, Undaunted, and now she's got Unashamed and Unexpected. And so I'm just really excited because Christine is not somebody who is ever wishy-washy. She, You always know who she is and what she stands for. And so, Christine, what are you adamant about? You and being Greek and baklava. And so (laughs) I'm so honored to be on this program. I've been busting to get on here. I've listened to all of these podcasts and I hope everyone goes back and listens to all of them because they are so strong and awesome. But put you and me on the same podcast. I feel sorry for the listener. This will be more words than any human being needs to listen to. We don't need to breathe. We'll just talk really fast. <laughs> totally, totally. So anyway, thanks for having me. And um, what am I adamant about? So many things, but I, I, I am adamant about uh, very committed to seeing, playing my part in making sure every person on the planet has the opportunity to hear the gospel. Yeah. You know, Christine, right now we're catching you in the middle of the outcry tour. Can you just kind of share a little bit of what you've seen, what you feel like God's presence is doing and what you're seeing happening in that tour? Yeah, it is amazing. You know, we've just had um, a couple of nights, uh, Fresno and San Jose tonight. I'm in LA, San Diego, and then 14 cities across America. But Lisa, I've been doing this kind of uh, evangelistic ministry for 25 years, full time. And I haven't seen what I'm seeing seeing, um, currently and seeing it in every city, which is so unique. Normally you go to one place and it's on fire and another place might be a little bit harder ground. But I don't know, but it is like a time of ripeness and readiness and people are so ready to lean in and listen to and respond to the gospel. It's just when all of those things come together, ripe, ready, response, you you just kind of stand in awe and go, um, I can't believe it. There's like so little resistance and such hungry hearts and people are looking for purpose and hope love and grace and truth. And I'm thinking, this is an evangelist dream. I mean, it's like I've been waiting 25 years for this. So I'm watching 
multiplied. Hundreds of people respond to the gospel. People from the word go are just ready to listen. There's, you know, I don't feel like I have to do anything to warm anyone up. I mean, people are entering into worship, the presence of God. I'm watching uh, spirit and truth. You know, people are open to the gifts of the spirit. And of course, the proclamation of the word. It is just, it's actually quite beautiful in the midst of so many cray cray things happening in the world. Um, God is moving and he is building his church. There is no doubt about it. Well, I, I'm so excited. When you told me that nearly a thousand yes. people responded, that's just, that's that's just, it's harvest time. And you and I have often talked about this whole dynamic that we need everybody, all hands on deck, that we are in a season of harvest right now. And uh, I love that you're not just speaking to women. And you're not just speaking to churches, but you're actually gathering people that are, you're just saying, hey, listen, we want you to be full in. And I, I, I've listened to your messages. You don't, you don't sugarcoat it. You make it very clear that they're, they're, they're coming in as a, you know, as a Jesus is their Lord, not just, hey, I, I just I want to go to heaven when I die. You are talking about enlisting and being fully present and fully aware of the presence of God. What do you think is causing the shift? I think people are just are desperate. Desperation is a great gift. When you come to the end of yourself um, and, you know, you're so enlightened that there's no more personal enlightenment left and you go, this has not worked, then I think you're more open to the light of Christ coming in. And I think, um, you know, the Bible says where sin abounds, their grace abounds even more. There's a sense of people so open to the grace of God because you don't need to tell anyone that the world is dark, that the world is evil, that there is there is a true thing called evil and human goodness alone is not going to be an answer. We need supernatural God goodness, goodness that's found in Christ alone um, that is going to bring hope and answers and a way forward. And I think people are so open to that. Uh, part of that, you know, 30 years on, um, I think the the work of A21, the credibility, the integrity, the longevity of ha- being the hands and feet of Jesus, of, of you know, modeling faith and works, uh, not just faith or works. I think people see that there's a real integrity to the message that we're prepared to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And then, of course, Scripture says, you know, people will be saved by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and that we love not our lives unto death. And I think, you know, at 51 years old, Lisa, as I've been sharing um my story of God's incredible grace and redemption to take an unnamed, unwanted, abused, abandoned, adopted girl and to, to you know, heal my past, forgive my sins, give me a brand new life and a hope for the future. Well, that's 30 years on. That's not a story anymore. It's a testimony. And I think when there's a, it stood the test of time. And I think there's just power in that, that people are going, this is legit. Jesus does transform lives. And I, I mean, obviously, true gospel proclamation. I mean, um, is, you know, Peter says, repent and be baptized. And I think if we're not preaching repentance, um, you know, it's this is not like feel good self-help. The gospel isn't just a, a self-help, you know, five steps on how to be a better you. Uh, we don't need just a better us. We need a, a, to understand that we are dead and we need to be brought back to life. We need a brand new us. And I think if we're just talking about being a better you, uh, we're not giving people a full gospel, but if we can in love and grace uh, speak the truth that we we are dead unto self and need to be made alive unto Christ and repent of our sins. That is a life-giving message. I mean, I'm just convinced that it's life-giving. I don't think it's judgmental. I don't think it's uh, critical or negative. I think it's just truth. And people are awakening to that. And when the truth is spoken in love, people don't resist that. They may not choose to accept it, 
but they don't resist in the sense of thinking that you're just judging me. I think they're just like, no, I might not want to, you know, now's not their time. But um, the fact is that when that truth is spoken in love and there is a full gospel of repent and be baptized and follow Christ, um, people are like, yes, I'm in. And um, I don't think we need to in any way dilute that or minimize that. We don't need to make Jesus... uh, try to seem better than he is because he couldn't get any better than he is. I mean, I don't need to be more compassionate than Jesus because there is none more compassionate than Jesus. I don't need to try to sort of be more inclusive and loving than Jesus because there's no one more inclusive and loving than Jesus. I don't need to sort of try to be more gracious and forgiving and tolerant than Jesus because there is no one more gracious and forgiving than Jesus. So I don't think we need to dilute him at all. He is who he is. And I think when we declare and decree who he is, uh, he draws, his spirit draws men unto him. And it's just a beautiful thing. Wow. I I hope everybody just captured everything you just said. That was so incredibly powerful. And and I love that that yeah, those five steps, you know, that's doing it in your own strength. Yeah. And and really we all have come to the place where there is no good thing in us. There's no, no good thing in us. And God doesn't say, Okay, that's all right. Just the no good thing is enough for you. That's he actually says, You're created for me. You're created for my glory. I put something inside of you that is a longing for holiness. And holiness is actually wholeness. Yes. And I think people don't understand that holiness is a restoration of actually who God created us to be. And, and it's, it's a freeing thing. It's not a bondage thing. And repentance is not a byword. It's not a legalism. It's not a, a dirty word. It is actually a freeing word. And it's a gift. Oh, it's the most freeing word I've known. The Bible says that it's, you know, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm. So if we are, you know, in any way suggesting that repentance is negative, judgmental or critical or not necessary, then we are fund- we are fundamentally wrong. Then we don't understand the kindness of God. Like you can't have scripture saying it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance and you can't take something that's meant to be kind and turn it into judgment, nor can you negate the necessity of it or you are withholding kindness from people. And I know... Um, what changed my life was I encountered Christ and repented. Metanoia changed my mind, turned around. I mean, I didn't, you know, if it was sort of just like a half gospel that just sort of said, well, Chris, you're okay. And, um, God's just going to make you a bit better. I wasn't okay. I was dead and needed to come to life. And then my mind needed renewing on this ongoing repentance. That's what's kept me on the journey alive and invigorated for 30 years. And I think it's, you know, we we talk so much about acts of kindness and small acts of kindness. And it's a really cool word in the world today about kind, 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 be kind. And then kindness really depends on your own definition of it because, if God's kindness leads us to repentance, then I think we nearly, really need to explore what, what does that mean? What is God's kindness? Because it is a kindness that is not just tolerant. It's a kindness that is not just endorsing. It is a kindness that leads to transformation and change, repentance. So do you believe that kindness tells the truth? Yes, I do very much. Um, because uh, Otherwise, it's, it's unkind because uh, I, I need, every human being um, needs transformation. I mean, the goal even of our Christian journey is that we would be being conformed and transformed to the image of Jesus. We're not there yet. And so I'm only 30 years on and I've got a long way to go in so many areas. So uh, when God through his word and through his people tells me the truth about areas of my life that continue to need transformation, I mean, I'm not so perfect, but I don't need Jesus, then I take it as a kindness. And the longer I've walked with Jesus, to be honest, um, the less 
resistant, hopefully, <laughs> um, I become to being spoken to myself personally, you know, like you and my dear friends speaking the truth to me in love. Um, and it helps sharpen me. And in fact, it helps smooth a lot of my sharp edges. And I take that as a kindness. I know throughout the course of writing uh, Adamant, I was able to come to you and be like, Christine, am I crazy? Does this oh, make yeah. sense? Does this work? Is this, is this too harsh? Is this, how do I say this where it can be heard? And it was invaluable to me. And you're, I think, my only friend who has already probably read the book. I, Christine, yes. you're the person I, if I want a book read fast, you give it to Christine. She'll read it in 24 hours. But, uh, you know, you you not only cheerlead, it, you also helped me refine this message. And I, I really can't even tell you how invaluable that was to me because I don't want to just say the right thing. I want to say it in the right tone. I don't want to say it in the right time. I can testify how much you grappled um, over that and time and time again. I mean, we, I feel like, you know, I was like one of the midwives to help bring Adam and to pass and, um, and, and read it and have underlined and have read it twice and just am so behind this book because I truly think um, that it is a now book. It, it's it's a book for now. It's going to give language, which you're already getting feedback like this now. Um, it, so many people, it's like, man, this is what I was feeling. This is what I was thinking. And you've given me language and loving language to be able to articulate uh, the truth um, and to even just help me think through things from a different perspective. And so I, I, I mean, I just you, I said that to you. I said I'm, I'm more excited about Adamant than my own book because I just think it is so timely for now. And and I know how much you have laboured um, with your own heart to make sure the tone is right, but also research behind the scenes to go, you know, all of this, is it biblically grounded? Is it, um, you know, is it in terms of church history and orthodoxy and tradition, is, is, is there a precedent for all of this? So I think I've never seen you labor so hard over um, a book. And I'm one of your biggest fans about all your books. I always think God gives you a prophetic message and um, you just happen to be a few years ahead of every <laughs> everybody and for everything from girls with swords to fight like a girl to, I mean, we could just go on and on and on. Um, you know, you've always been prophetically ahead. And I think with Adamant, um, it's it's going to have almost two life cycles. It's it's so now for so many people that just need this right in this second. And I think you're still a couple of years ahead of yourself as well. Um, and then people are going to go, oh, my word, this is uh, what I've been looking for. So I think it's so powerful. You're just so anointed, Lisa. Um, oh, I've said that to you. No, from the day I met you, I've always said that. You know, I, I really believe that God has um, different anointings on different people and um, certainly writing uh, prophetic truth uh, in books. I de- I, I've just been your biggest fan and cheerleader in that because I honestly believe you're so anointed to do that. Well, thank you. And I want to hear about Unexpected. Uh, I, I really, all of your books, I feel like are a, just kind of a, a stake in the ground for for women and for the body of Christ. Whereas I tend to write to women, I feel like you have this incredible voice to the body of Christ. And um, I, I want I want to hear your hope for this because I, your book comes out like just a couple of weeks after mine. So uh-huh. we'll have Adamant and then we'll have Unexpected. Uh, I, just tell me a little bit your hope for this. I love that because I think they should read Adamant because it'll provide a great rock and foundation for when the unexpected happens. And I think, um, you know, a lot of why... I wrote Unexpected is that um, 
obviously there's been so many winds of change and especially particularly the last 18 months in North America. I mean, a lot of the world, there's been a lot of chaos and upheaval for a long, long time, but it's sort of like things have accelerated here in the last 18 months. And I was stunned in many ways at how many people that I saw really, really shaken by unexpected events or even just, um, you know, people that I know where things have happened. I mean, I open with the cancer diagnosis that I got a mm-hmm. couple of years ago and um, and then share stories of, you know, women that have had miscarriages that will never bear their own biological children, friends of mine, friends of mine that thought they'd be married and they're single, friends of mine that started a business and thought it was going to fund the kingdom and have ended up bankrupt. I mean, just the, every sort of right. unexpected scenario that you could happen, but that's sort of called life. Um, and uh, what stunned me, is and made me realize is how sometimes we think because it's unexpected to us, it was unexpected to God. And somehow yes, God has changed. And I'm like, um, Scripture says God is good, God does good, and God will work all things, even the bad things, together for our good and his glory. And so I really thought, okay, Chris, you know, 12 years of abuse, my, my story, you know, abandonment, adoption, not finding out till I was 33, uh, diagnosed with cancer. I mean, there was a lot of unexpected things that have happened in my life. You know, with A21, there's a lot of unexpected stuff. With Propel, there's a lot of unexpected stuff. In marriage, with children, it's just called life. Why? Um, what are some of the things that I've learnt over 30 years that uh, when unexpected thing, like deeply unexpected, no one is expecting a cancer diagnosis. No one is expecting to be told you're adopted at 33. Why no. did I not crumble in those moments? You know, like, so what is it? What is it? What are some things that I've learned about God and about faith that hopefully I can articulate? And I realize maybe I haven't articulated them as well as I thought I had in the past because of the number of people that I saw shaken by whether things were changed economically, politically, morally, socially, environmentally, just so many shifts happening in the world. I'm like, the Bible says only those things that can be shaken will be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken shall remain. And Jesus cannot be shaken and truth cannot be Mm -hmm. shaken. And although things are unexpected to us, uh, there are certain things about God that we can continue to expect even when there's chaos happening around us. And I am praying to God that as people read through um, many things, I mean, for me, probably the deepest painful chapter to write was I went through a very deep personal relational betrayal a couple of years ago and just you know something I never thought would happen to me at this stage of my life ministry uh Christianity you know and um Eugene Peterson in one of the Psalms says you know when you get kicked in the guts um I'll be right there uh, God says but someone's got to be very close to you to be able to kick you in the guts you know Mm. so it's normally that inner world and um, I'm very thick-skinned, but I'm extremely tender-hearted. And so, uh, you know, if you're in close in my world, you, you really do have, like everybody, the the power to to hurt me. And I think what that unlocked and seeing some of the healing that came, um, just bigger picture what God had planned about issues of family of origin and my mother and my my own mum died in the last 18 months and while mm-hmm. I was writing the book. So a lot of, I just, there was some real-time stuff in the book as well that says, okay, this is how this plays out and look how God turned it around without negating any of the pain, the confusion and just the gut-wrenching heartache that took me a good year to dig myself out of that hole with the grace of God and the help of God. But I think God made sure, like every book we all write, that there were some very real-time experiences that I went through simultaneously while writing that I just think has put a unique anointing on it. And some people that have read, you know, um, 
pre-release copies. I mean, already some of the things that I had hoped uh, that it would um, bring some confidence and strength into people to go, look, there's unexpected. That's just life. Jesus said when trials come, he didn't say if. Okay, so how are we going to... How we, I'm, I'm, I laugh adamant because I really think you should get both together because how do we remain adamant um, when unexpected things happen? And, and I think that is the question for the day in which we live, to be honest. I absolutely love that. And Christine, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I remember the very first scripture God ever gave me when I was born again was uh, that I was a new creation. And and it was it was this whole idea that the old had passed away and behold, all things had become new, which means you have to renew your mind, which means you have to be transformed. You know what? Um, I just want to do a quick synopsis on this. You know, I, I think that you heard from the very beginning of this podcast, it is God's kindness. It is His kindness that leads us to repentance. And a repentance is that we turn away. We, we say, okay, I've been going this way. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go back because we can enter into a life of transformation. We do not have to be captive to the same cycle. We can leave it behind. We can be transformed. And I love this idea of we can choose. So many of us had things happen to us that we did not choose to have happen to us. But when we're born again, we actually can choose a new legacy. I know for me, Christine, and for you, it's all about our daughters and our sons. For me, I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? We don't have to be the dysfunctional legacy anymore. We can actually have a legacy that is holy and strong and beautiful. And and it was such a shift for me. So I love that you pretty much unpacked the core life principles People are like, how did you get this? And how did you do that? Well, this is what Christine did. She leaned into the presence of God. She leaned into the word of God. The word of God became the final authority in her life. She leaned into the leading of the Holy Spirit. She planted in a church where she could flourish. There is no perfect church. Now, I think Hillsong is pretty close, but there's (laughs) no perfect church. But she planted in that church. I know that Christine has completely immersed in the house of God before she was ever a big deal. She was planted in the church. And you hear Christine, she doesn't see herself as a big deal. She says the grace of God. We are graced to do things for God because he does so much for us when we present ourselves as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, believing that what Jesus did was enough. Then he graces us to walk in the power of that resurrection and that transformation. And so I just really want to challenge you. I I seriously doubt if anybody that's listening to me doesn't know Christine Kane. But if you don't, you need to go to her website, Christine Kane, and that's C-A-I-N-E dot com. You can follow her on Facebook. I would really suggest that you do that with Twitter and Instagram. Every single day she has something to say because she quotes the word of God and she brings us to a place where we have this reality of the miraculous where God is rescuing captives and God is changing lives and he is empowering men and women to be seriously ambassadors for his kingdom and there's salvation happening. I'm always challenged, Christine, by how you are always aware that there are people in the room that may not be saved. And your heart is always that evangelist heart. It is so pure. And it always, I just, I, I almost cry every single time that you do an altar call. I think when I first met you, I might even have prayed the prayer a number of times, <laughs> even though I knew I was saved. I was like, I, yes, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And Nick was like, why are you praying? Like you were on the platform. I I, I just wanted to pray. It. I'm just, <laughs> I have to do this. But you, you, this is what I love about Christine. She's going to lead you, not to her, not to her platform. She's going to lead you to Jesus. Yep. And she's going to lead you to the word of God, which is what we need to be. And Jesus is 
that rock. So follow my friend. You also need to check out A21. You need to understand what's happening there. This is not a, hey, this was a sexy cause 10 years ago. This is a long-term organization in 13 countries. And I have personally gotten to see what A21 is doing and and they just keep doing more. So you want, if you say, hey, I want to fight sex trafficking, then you need to partner with A21 because what they're doing is absolutely astounding. Christine, any parting thoughts before you go? No, just one thought as you were talking. Um, I just thought, thought because, you know, there'd be so many people listening to this and, and I know they're hurt and, um, you know, maybe like a background like mine and so much in culture at the moment definitely is raising to awareness, abuse and pain and suffering and, and it needs to be brought out to the open. But, you know, 30 years on by the grace of God, walking in victory and hope, I think if I had to sum it all up in a sentence, um, you're never going to move past your past until you make a decision that you are going to make what Jesus did for you bigger than what they did to you or what they said about you. And I think in the culture in which we live, it's a daily decision, all of us, all of us that go, when we've been hurt, offended, misused, I mean, you know, obviously take all the right steps that need to be addressed with, but but the bottom line when it's just you and Jesus in your room at night, you're going to have to make a decision every day for whatever offense or hurt that says, Jesus, what you did for me at Calvary, it's greater than what anybody else has done to me. And that is where I'm going to lead my life from. Christine, will you pray for them? Yeah, I will. So Father, I, I thank you. I thank you Lord, for for Lisa and her incredible ministry, I thank you for this book, Lord, that I truly believe, you know this, God, you know from the outset that I just believe it's going to help multitudes um, in this time of, of chaos and confusion. And Father, I pray that it would get in every hand that it's supposed to get into and be read by every person that's supposed to read it. And Lord, I pray for every listener on the other side of this podcast, Lord, that there would just be a an open heart from all of us that would say, Lord, if it's your kindness that leads us to repentance, then Lord, be kind with me. Show me areas that need that need working on in my own life that, that I would be more like you. And Father, for every person that has been hurt or abused and experienced pain in some way, I pray that they would know your grace and your healing touch in this moment, that they would know your presence and that you truly do make all things new. And they do not need to live as a victim of their past, but they can live whole in you, stepping into the future that you have for them, Father. And I pray for all this in the name of Jesus. Amen, Lord. Amen. Amen. Again, you can connect with Christine through christinecain.com or any of the Twitter and Instagram. And I want you to be watching for her book, Unexpected. Leave fear behind, move forward in faith, and embrace the adventure. Listen, if you want to learn more about the book, Adamant, Finding Truth in a Universe of Opinions, check us out at iamadamant.com. Christine, thank you so much. You know I love you, and I can't wait to see you uh, in a few weeks. Absolutely. Love you. Love you. Hey, I want you to subscribe because when you subscribe, we can get everything to you right away. We'd also love to see you rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. To learn more about the book, Adamant, Finding Truth in a Universe of Opinions, check it out at iamadamant.com. Adamant.com.